we have been in a certain series about George that's coming to an end. That's why I call this the end of George and my own. Ah. No matter 
how creative things get around. The awesome guy is worship is still the same. And that's regardless whether we can see him or not. And also just the promise of promise of the book that whatever comes to us has come through God's hand. That as powerful as Satan as the adversary he is, he can do nothing if it's not allowed. Uh, I think there's an extreme comfort in that that God sees us, he knows us, uh, and he's with us. So, uh, and also just, I don't know, I mean, I don't know what the future brings, but I think I think for us to, to be saturated, to be sat in those things that hard time to hit, God is still there. Um, and He's still very trusted. And then, I think also what we did, what we talked about last time was how a lot of our view of who God is is bound up in when we see the majesty of God. And we definitely do see that at the end of the book of Job. So today I'm going to try to recap this series that's gone on for a couple of months. And uh, I was a little bit like, I thought it was like, oh man, this is six pages today. But then I found out, I found out the font, the font size, the font size was way bigger. So it's not like, it's not as long, it's not too big, as long as I know The font was bigger, which is probably good because my eyes are getting out as good as they were once more. So maybe that's a good thing. Um, so I'm trying to recap what we've been going through, what are the, what parts of, uh, of joy we've been talking about. And also, this is also, I know we're not, maybe we're not out of the COVID time, but it's also, I would like you to, those who also just take this time to reflect, remember when you come home, write down some of the things that God has been teaching you through this time. Because I do believe he's been teaching, I do believe he's been working in and through you, that you can note down some of the things like, also, I was just talking shortly about some of the things he experienced God Basically, I would just encourage you to write those things down. And not just for yourself, but share with share with other people. And maybe some of the things are some things you need to just be, uh, you need somebody to be accountable. You need to hear, you need to have somebody keep you accountable. And find somebody in the church that you trust. And like, this is some of the things God has shown me like, that I, that if I get a lot of pressure, I will do this or something, can you keep me accountable for that? So just that if God uses all of our tears and He uses all these things for good, let's know down the things that He's doing so we don't miss that before we go to just before we go on. Um, so now we will try to wrap up this series. And the last week I, I thought it was such a majestic week. Such a, such a fantastic time because we looked into what about the joy of God's majesty. I painted this picture of like the big sky, you know, you saw all these, all these um, stars. And also, the one song was just a, I was just, a, I, I was, I was almost crying. I tried not to, but I was just like, oh, well, it was like, well, if God is the, is the way he's described in the Bible, and I just find that so encouraging. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of the armies of heaven. If he knows, he lets nothing pass through his hands that, that he doesn't know. 
then whatever situation I will be in, be there. That's what the majesty of God to see just the beauty of who He is, who He is. And so we read the read the verse last time. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth! You have set Your glory above the heavens. And the one commentator says it's because there's not enough room on earth. So it's the whole universe that describes how majestic God is. And if we miss the majesty of God, we miss everything. If we miss the awesomeness of God, the majesty of God, we miss everything. Because then we don't, then we don't want, we won't understand anything. If we miss who God is, we won't understand who we are. We won't understand uh, what it means that the next part of the joy of being created in the joy. We won't understand that if we don't understand the majesty of So that the second verse that we talked about last week was how God has created us to live lower than the being. Heavenly being promised with glory and honor. So that the joy of being created in the image of God, that, that this awesome, amazing God chooses to create humans, men, with value, dignity, and honor, with crowns and glory and honor. We only understand that through understanding how amazing God is. And then we talk about, well, why didn't everything go great? Well, we rebellion by practices in and need to have Jesus to help us with a new identity. And I, I talked about identity last time, talking about identity is never created. Our culture today talks about creating your own identity, creating your own truth. But all those things don't make sense, I would, I would argue. Because a true identity is something that's given, not something you choose. So being created in the name of the image of God is given. Being recreated in the image of Jesus, adopted in God's family, is given. It is not achieved. And so the joy of those two things is that the joy of God's majesty so we can see everything clearer, everything in the right way. The joy of being created is in the images that we understand our value according to who he is. But that he is the one that gives us not something I have to achieve. I think it, it just raises, uh, it removes all this weight that you can put on us. To, to, you have to achieve, you have to perform, you have to, you have to save yourself, you have to save the world. No, there's only one person And his name is Jesus. And, and the, the hope is, and I think you're going to hear it, as I was going through, you're going to hear the same thing over and over again. You're going to hear it, the hope is, and, and what Jesus has done for us, and that's where the joy comes from. So the, the true joy in seeing God's majesty and being created in which God is that we have the hope of Jesus to come back and restore all things, and we will have everlasting life. And we talked about the joy of giving from 2 Corinthians. Paul, Paul introduces us to these poor Macedonians. But because of the grace of God, their lives are so changed. And they give up their abundance of joy, but they were extreme poor. And they had extreme generosity on their part. And they gave above, above them. 
Why, how am I able to do that? Well, because of the grace of God, and because they give themselves first to God, then they can be generous. Because of the grace of God in their lives, they were able to be very generous because God had been so generous with them. So the joy of giving is, is that we understand how much we can give to God. Therefore, we respond. So I wrote, the joy of giving is a supernatural, it's a form of worship. The joy of giving is available, but only through the grace of God and understanding of Jesus' work and God's love for us in Christ Jesus. That we need to understand that the other part is that the majesty of God, the advantage of God, being generous because God is generous with us, because we've experienced the, the grace of God, that we respond to the natural with the giving of ourselves of what we have gotten to other people. Because the grace that we've been shown, we just by showing that to us. We remind them that Jesus became poor so we could become rich. Not because we gave lots of money, but because the manifold grace of God is is uh, is in us. And so we would receive as we give uh, that grace to us that we have given ourselves. So that's because of what Jesus has done. And so we talked about also how the Holy Spirit guides us in that, how the joy, how the joy we can see that through giving God is glorified. So in the, in the text we see how it's not how that's the same how that could but how how Paul's gonna say, well, for you Corinthians to give, other people's gonna be so encouraged. They're gonna be encouraged because because you're giving because, and you are far away, but you're giving in their heart. They were seeing your heart and giving. They were praise God for you. And so, as we give, we can, and other people, we, we give of the grace that we receive from God. Other people will give, and God is glorified in all those things. And so we can have true joy in giving because of what God has done through us. That, that of course is bound up in being able to give is bound up in or do we trust God? Do we trust God that He is going to continue to provide although we give? Can we rest in that He has always been faithful? And I think it's I have to know that when we acknowledge that our life is not really so much about us that it is that it is about Jesus, then we are set free. Um, we are set free to experience joy and freedom. The weight is on Jesus, not on me. We're asked to receive the grace of God, to pray, to experience the joy and give it as we give God the greatest giver. And we have the verse of the
where he confronts uh, he confronts the Corinthians about some of their behaviors, and so he talks about uh, if I may grieve my letter, if if I may grieve with my letter, I don't regret it. Although I do regret it, though I did But I see that the letter grieved you, but only for a while. But as it is, I rejoice, not because you agree, but because you agree and to repent. But you fell apart and grieved, so that you suffered no loss. And here it is. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. So when looking at the joy of repentance, maybe many of us have, has over a long time found this, maybe a little bit hostile, that when you've done something hard, done something you know you shouldn't, to come to God. We're going to death all we're going to And we see in the majesty of God, we also see the grace of God. And we see that there is access for us to come and confess our sins. And then, as, as uh, James says, then God is almost forgiveness. Then you might say, well, how can that Buddha be joined? Uh, well, I, I talked about also how. how People were slandering Paul and saying that Paul was preaching uh, that you should do more things wrong. And Paul's like, no, that's, that's not the point. The point is that even though I do something wrong, then when I do repent, Jesus is still glorified. Even in my failures, as I go and ask for forgiveness, because I have, I have to acknowledge I really need Jesus, that this is what he died for. That Jesus is still raised up and glorified. So we need Jesus in every day. Yeah. And so then there can be joy and repentance. And also, also, the, also maybe, maybe sometimes when, when that doesn't happen in your life, you have this uh, low grade guilt in your life. Frustrations, low grade guilt. That, that are kind of down here, they, they, don't, they don't dominate your life. They're, they're down here, and you're kind of putting them down here because it's, because for one reason or another, you don't bring it to God. You just say, I got this, it's not that bad, and, and it's down here. But it really controls, you can't control a lot of you and how you respond. Taking those things out and giving them to, to God. And Jesus can be glorified, you can be set free from them. So there is joy, because then you don't have to worry about what's all about there, if there's a person that can take it out, and that can bring glory to God and joy to the kingdom. Uh, then there was this quote, I thought it was a very good quote, uh, it was by a, uh, a man called uh, Keller, he talked about two different forms of repentance to the religious one, um, where it focuses on being selfish, self-righteous, and bitter, because it's all about what we can get from God. Or it's all about like pleasing God. Where in the gospel, the purpose of repentance is repeatedly to tap into the joy of the union we have in Christ in order to weaken our need to do anything contrary to God's it's not a pleasing of God so that He would do what we want. It's an asking 
we not do them in that argument's job? Because we know what Jesus has done for us. Then we talk about the joy of God's comfort. When he's writing to Corinthians about how he came to Macedonia. Um, and then verse 6. But God who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the comfort of Jesus. Not only by his coming, but also by the comfort which we can heal, which he that comforts us by longing and mourning, so I rejoice this day. So in all of our comfort is bound up what we can do about God. That's the majesty of God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit will trust Him and have that name to trust Him. That whatever happens because of the cross of Christ, I believe that God loves them, but also now. That, that Jesus is with me. No matter what the
that we have our comfort and the joy we have in Christ. And the joy that we can comfort others when God has taken us through something. The joy that comes from making room in our, in our hearts. So Paul, he, he appeals to the Corinthians to widen their hearts um, and to, to, to make room for him. And so he says, We speak freely to the Our hearts are wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you're restricted in your own affection. And your friend has to continue as children, widening your hearts also. And I also want to to make room in your hearts for us. So he has these two appeals to the Corinthians where he, he is appealing to them that, uh, that as they have been receivers of grace of God, that they need not to keep that from themselves, but to open their hearts for Paul and for the team more. That the call and the team are saying that we, we love you guys, that we, we love the Lord, we love you guys, and we love you, but it's time for you guys to open your hearts to receive more people into your heart because of what God is done in through and we, I talk about you know, what, how can that be? Well, 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 for us as a transient community, a lot of times the amount of love and stuff we invest in, in people, we we feel that when people need, we feel the pain, the, all those things. That's not a very good motivation, maybe, to widen your hearts, but but it is because then when we hear reports of who leading a small group are. When I hear that Felix is giving us home, when I hear people are giving their lives to serve the local church, you know what? Then I am glorified God because of what those people are doing. Because at some point in time, we have wired our hearts to love those people, and we share the glory that what they're doing. So, yes, in our community, very, very grateful what you can be. There's probably a gift. Because that shows that we have actually love them. But it also shows that when we hear that they are successful or, or they are doing what God wants them to do, then the joy, we get that joy too. And we can encourage and be encouraged. So, um, so I think. Then we had the. Uh, then we had the. Uh, then we have the, the joy of uh, being God's temple. So we were created in Chicago. Later on, actually, at the Pentecost, when the, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the believers, we see uh, the temple veil that she died, the veil is torn too, God is now with man. But the, the, the temple is. Temple was where the real presence of God showed to be. Um, and so, so Paul writes to Corinthians, For we are the temple of the living God. And then he quotes, I'll make my dwelling among them, walk among them, I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. And I'll be a father to you, and you shall be sons of God to you. He says to all of them. Since we then have these promises to 
being in the temple of God, having the Holy Spirit reside in us, the, 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 the helper that Jesus promised to his disciples, why he went away so the Holy Spirit could come. The, the joy of having the, the, I, I think this is not easy to understand, but the joy of having the real presence of God inside of you. God with us. We've been saying it earlier. He nailed you. Why do you tell me never alone? It means that unprecedented history before Pentecost, we have the very real presence of God in us, always access to Him. Where that had to be a mediator before. But because we have the perfect mediator God, now we can come to Him. Yes, the perfect meaning of Jesus has made it possible for us to be connected with God, to have the very real presence of God in us through the Holy Spirit. The joy that the helpers always, that we can always come to God, that we are made whole by Jesus, that we can cleanse us from all sins because of Jesus. Because our fear of the majesty of God, the love that He has for us, we don't have to worship idols of this world. And we can trust that we're sons of God, sons and daughters of God, adopted into God's family. That must be hopefully for us all great joy to be the temple. The joy of being God's ambassadors of the Okay, so we have, we've been going through all these things that are so amazing about who God is. And then we are not just left alone to just, uh, what do we Just waiting for God to come back. When He gives us this message, He gives us this message that God is this amazing. He's calling people back to Himself. He's calling people back to Himself. Be reconciled to God. We thank you. Be reconciled to God.
I was ready to die for God when I was five. And what great joy and what great joy can be found in you guys that if God would help us and let us be lights here and see people, more people get to know God. What an honor, honor, what a privilege. What an amazing thing that we're invited into. We can see how God uses us to share what He's done in and through us. See people experience being reconciled to God. And I that sentence that, that goes on to the next week there. It says, God looks on us with favor and love and adopts us in His hand so that we can be enlightened and His ambassadors and call people to be reconciled to God. And as ambassadors, we rejoice when our King is praised and His dishes are fruit. And then the next one was the joy of being uh, a new creation in Christ. And so it talks about the next day that we're not just cleaned up, we're not just washed. And there's a, and I can sort of remember that I was like, think that, because sometimes like over poverty put back together or our stains and it has been washed away. But, it, but in, this, in this metaphor, in, in 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old has passed away, because behold, the new has come. So the joy of being a new creation is, that's not enough, that is your day made new. All of the pathways that they made me. All the things that you now don't like about what was, there's still no life. That person is dead and nailed to the cross. And you are being made new. For his, for our sake, he made him to be saved from you know sin, that we might become the righteous. It's great joy to make me receive it because of what Jesus did. God wants Jesus' sin and we might have His righteousness. Experience of freedom, being made new, knowing that we can stand against the new schemes. It's great new identity of being human Christ. It's more important that we that's also one of the things that have gone through, like the, the joy. Joy comes from the majesty of God. Also comes from our new identity in Christ. Understanding this new identity creates joy in us. Because it becomes about Jesus and what He's done, not about our own things. And Jesus can carry away. A lot of times we get crushed under the weight. The joy that we can have is also that God is God and we are not. But we don't have to carry the weight. We can let God be God, trust Him, 
great joy. What joy becomes the majesty of God, the identity that we can have in God, adopted into his family. The hope we're talking about now. Everything in your game, right? Everything restored, new heaven, new earth, new body, no more sin. Everything restored to God. A very real presence of us with God being new, being made fully known. And we will also know that we've been known for So that's what joy is all about. Joy is about experiencing God now. Christ's majesty for us to have the uh, ability to be renewed in Him, have joy in Him, have the new identity in Him, being made new, having Jesus that became sin for our sake, have His righteousness be adopted in, and then future joy future eternal joy, everlasting life with God. As Peter Belfort said, at rare reason it shall never perish, but has no This was the end of our joy series, but not plan of joy, because there is great joy in remembering all these things and encouraging one of us with these things. So I hope, I hope and pray really it's been encouraging to you. And again, just to get the appeal, write down the things, share the things God will teach you. Um, have somebody encourage you if you if someone thinks it's something you need to have accountability with. And then, um, yeah. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Um, Lord, I thank you that our joy is found out in who we are. It's found out in us being able to see your whole creation, your awesomeness, your majesty, your generosity. God, we thank you. You cried for us that even when we fail and sin and fall short, you cried for us, the perfect mediator, the perfect sacrifice. Jesus to restore us to you. Even though we were far from you, you made it possible for us to come here to accept you. And we thank you and praise you for that. That we can be made new. Thank you that you give us a job. And you just sit us here in whatever position we have to shine a light that we can that we can shine the light that the grace that you've shown us. The joy we can have to other people. So I pray that you help us do that. Help each of us understand what you've done, who you are. Understand how powerful you are, God. Understand how, how much we are known. You so love us. Help us to extend that grace to other people as they might that need to be reconciled to you. Lord, I really pray for all of us that all of the things that you've been teaching us 
not just through the sharing experience on Sunday, but with a week that teaches each of us all of these days. But we have to be alone, give me with the people. All of them. But I pray that you would help us not forget those things. Help us to understand and encourage that you use everything for your glory. The grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with you.